All right, let's pray together. God, thank you for another day. We thank you for another breath. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for meeting us in this place, in this time, with your love, with your mercy, with forgiveness, and with goodness. And so, Lord, as we start this journey together, another year, we pray that our hearts would be turned towards you, that we would be listening for your voice, that we would be trusting in your promises, and that we would be believing (laughs) that you can do something new in us, that the old could be gone, and that the new could come. So come, Holy Spirit, lead us and teach us in this time, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, Happy New Year. I am so happy to uh, say those words to you as we begin this new year together. Uh, My name is Jacob Armstrong. I'm one of the pastors here at Providence Church. We are honored that you would start out a brand new year with us today. And I want you to know, just sort of up front, that 2020 will not be the focus of this teaching series for the next few weeks. So you can put the remote down, just put it down. So some of you are like, if he talks about 2020, I'm out. So just slowly, just set the remote down. The focus of this new series will not be 2020. We've watched the recaps. We have read the articles, if we could, but we didn't have to, man. We lived it. We've come out on the other side. So I'm sure that I will talk about 2020, but that will not be our focus. The focus of this teaching series will also not be 2021. So if 2020 taught us anything, so there I go already, I'm talking about it. But if 2020 taught us anything, it's that we probably shouldn't get too big into predictions or uh, thinking that we will know how a year should go. I hope that I never do that again. 2020 taught us that as soon as we figure Monday out, Tuesday happens. And so uh, I am not going to prognosticate on 2021 on how it's going to be better or how you can be better. I don't want us to focus on 2020 or really even on 2021. The focus for the next few weeks will be on Jesus, clearly stated, intended purpose that he wants to, regardless of the year, make us new. So I'm not going to talk about how you can become a better you this year. I'm going to talk about how you can become a new you. That's Jesus' promise. Jesus doesn't want to make us better. He wants to make us new. Jesus didn't come to make good people better. He came to make dead people alive. So I look back, I probably shouldn't do this, but I look back at some of my New Year's sermons from the last few years. So my sermons from the first Sunday in January, because I thought this might be the case, and it was true. I found that I have made uh, a slight and subtle mistake most years that I do not want to make again this year without really knowing it, because it's just sort of the way we talk. It's just sort of what we're up to this time of the year. Uh, I have put the focus on those series on what we are going to do, you know, our attitudes, our behaviors, which are super important. But the best thing God offers us is not refined behavior or a more disciplined life, but actually it's just what God alone can do for us. So what can, what can God alone do? Make all things new. He's the only one that can do that. 
I heard someone say a few weeks ago, God makes all things new, not makes all new things. Caught my attention. So that first part of that, the line, God makes all things new, it comes from the very end of the Bible, Revelation 21. So there's only 22 chapters in Revelation, which is at the very end of the Bible. So chapter 21, you're almost there to the end. And at the very end, Jesus is sitting on his throne, picture it, and he says, behold, I'm making all things new. So making all things new, not making all new things. What are we talking about there? Why is that important? Well, if when the world got in a mess, God's plan was to make a bunch of new things then we'd be in trouble, wouldn't we? But instead, God's rescue plan through Jesus includes us, all of his creation. And instead of exchanging us in for a new model, he's gonna make us new. He is going to restore what he's already created. Now, if you were God, wouldn't you think, I'll just start over, (laughs) right? Like, if you were God, wouldn't you just think, I'll just make all new things, God could have done that. God could have said, I've done that before. It was really beautiful. It got messed up. I can make new things. I'll just try that again. Like, I could imagine God saying, let me try again with the Jacob Armstrong (laughs) experiment. Like, I think I'll go jet black hair this time, perfect eyesight. How about courageous? How about never grumpy? Maybe 6'3". I could see how we could improve upon this model. My wife, Rachel, will be like, I could go for this. But no, no, Rachel. No, God created in the beginning, and get this, actually has a plan to make all that he has created new, not just a new creation. And so we're going to start today, as we start this year, looking at why this is the best thing that we could set our minds on as we start a new calendar year. So again, the line, God makes all things new, comes from the very end of the Bible, Revelation 21. But first, we do have to remember that God indeed did make all new things one time. I want to tell you about it. That's found in the very front of the Bible in Genesis chapter 1. If you've been with us at Providence, we return there all the time. It's our origin story. It holds all these truths that impact our our daily lives all the time. So Genesis 1 is where we're going to go. It tells us so much about God and so much about us. So here's how the Bible starts, if you've never read it. It's in the very front of the Bible. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. So important to glean here. What's happening in the very beginning? Nothing. There is nothing. Nothing except God. So in the beginning, there's just God and nothing, and then God creates God creates out of nothing. God's actually the only one who creates out of nothing. I've got three quick points for you. God is the only one who creates out of nothing. So after the creation of light, there's all this other stuff. God gets going, water, sky, sun, moon, plants, fish, birds, animals. And then we get to the amazing day six when God creates us. Here's what happens. Check it out. It says, then God said, let us make humankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky. Oh yeah, I forgot to tell you, after God created all those things, uh, light, sky, land, sun, moon, plants, fish, birds, animals, at the end of each day, he would look at it and he would say, it is good, okay? So at the end of all those days, he said, it is good. But then after he created us, man and woman, when it was the time that God would have said, it is good, instead, when he saw man 
and woman with all the other stuff. That's important, okay? So it was humans with all of creation. God looked at all of that and said, this is very good. So us in all that, very good. So second point, God calls his creation good. Creation is inherently good. Did it get messed up? Oh, yeah, for sure. Sin, the curse, that's what got us in the place of needing uh, restoration. But we have to understand that when God made all new things, it was good. One more thing, it says, so God created humankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So there's something in our creation Pay attention. There's something in our creation, the creation of man and woman, that bears the image of the creator. There's something that's different than tree or ocean or butterfly, even though they're so good and created by the creator. Humans are made in the image of God. So God creates us in his own image. So we walk around every day, all of us, we walk around as image bearers of God, holding on to the image of God. So there's so much here. I just, those three things, though, today, these three things impact our lives today. God is the only one who creates out of nothing. God calls his creation good, and then God creates us in his own image. So going back to, I'm going to walk through those again. So if God can create out of nothing, you better believe that he can create something new out of you, okay? So believe today that God can create something new out of you. You might say, well, why doesn't he just make a new thing? I've got nothing left. Well, I would say to you, if you have nothing left, that's okay too. God's the only one who can create out of nothing left. <laughs> so would you do that today? Just kind of step into this with me. Believe that God can create something new out of you. The second point I said was God calls his creation good. So that means you can be restored to goodness. If there is inherent goodness in you, that means you can be restored to goodness. Next week, I hope you'll join us again, we're going to talk about the process of restoration. But just get this concept today. God's action of creating us good, very good actually, means that we can be restored. And if we're going to be restored, we're going to be restored to goodness. For some of us, this is gonna be our biggest step to believe that God, excuse me, to believe that good can be brought back into my life. Some of us can't even remember the good. But we're gonna begin to believe together that good can be restored in my life. I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you how through the scriptures. So the third point, God creates us in his own image. So we are image bearers. And if we already hold the image of God, do you think God's going to start over with brand new things? No. It's like how we might look at our children, right? And our children can hurt us, our children can go astray, but we look at them and then we see our mother's eyes, right? We see the family eyebrows, the Armstrong nose, whatever. God looks at us and he sees his image in us. And that's why God's going to go full on restoration process with us. His very image is already in us. We just, he just has to uncover it and bring it back. By carrying God's image, we give hope for the restoration of all of creation. Now, I get, that's a big statement for the first week in January. By carrying God's image, we give hope for the restoration of all creation. But I'm, I'm, I'm trying to paint a grand picture here today because I have tried in January before to preach about, you know, how we can be our best selves this year, 
and I'm tired of it. I'm tired of people trying to be their best selves. I'm tired of trying to find my true self or you doing you or me doing me. That road leads to destruction when we just follow our own nose. But when we see that God's imprint is actually on our heart, that we were created good, very good by God, and yes, that has been tainted by sin and rebellion in 2020. But there is nothing that can stop the intention and the will of God. So if God's initial thing with us was creating us good, there's nothing that can stop the intention and the will of God in your life. God says, I will make all things new, and that means we better get ready for new things to come. And that's all I want you to be open to today. It's sort of a starting place sermon that we would believe that God wants to go full on restoration project in our lives. Listen to the scripture from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. One thing I'm going to do again this year, uh, we've done this for several years here at Providence, is, is give a verse to guide through the year, and this is the one, okay? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. Would you memorize that? Would you write it down? Would you put it somewhere that you would see it over and over and over? And so that the start of 21 and then the the beginning of 2021 and the middle part and the end, you would be meditating on what it means to be in Christ and what it means for a new creation to be in you. And the old stuff can go away and we can claim the new one. If you're curious, our verse from last year, 2020, our verse from last year was Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Simply this, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. And guys, Providence Church, we made it. Even if we didn't feel it, we were strong because of the Lord's mighty power. We had no power, it felt like, but really, in the spirit, we had mighty power because of God. So let's keep going, not on our own strength, but knowing that God's plan to rescue us in Jesus, which we just spent all of December talking about, means that if anyone is in Jesus, if anyone is in Christ, that means the new creation has come, the old is gone, and the new has come. So a question for you today, what do you need to leave behind in 2020? What would you just like to leave there, leave back there, leave behind? I want to invite you, even in this moment, to think on it, to name it, and then <laughs> I don't know, let's throw it in the dumpster fire of last year. Let's just leave it there. Let God burn it up. Some of you may have been thinking as I'm talking about God kind of doing this restoration, this new thing, you may have heard some verses in the Bible and thought, I thought this whole world was going to go away. You might have thought, like, I've heard something about, like, all this getting burned up. And it's true. There are verses, there's one in 2 Peter chapter 3 that says the current world that we live in will be burned up. But when you look at what those words really mean in a scripture like that, what it's saying is that the world that we're currently living on will be uh, laid bare. It will be exposed. Not burned up like it's all going to go away, but it is true that there's a bunch of stuff here that God's going to have to deal with. There's a bunch of things here that will have to face judgment. But God's intent is not to burn up the whole world, but actually to refine it and restore it. Listen to what it says in Romans. It's sort of a mouthful, but if you, if you, if you 
get into it a little bit, it's, it's amazing. It says, for the creation, what God created, waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. Remember in the beginning when it was very good? It was man, woman, it was us and all of creation. That was very good. So it says creation is actually waiting eagerly for us as children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration. <laughs> it was a frustrated creation. Not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it. And then it says, in hope that the creation itself, listen, the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. So creation is in bondage to decay, just like us. It's going to go away. It dies, all that. But God's initial thing in the Garden of Eden was not that. It was an eternal perspective. It was that things would keep going and keep thriving. So creation's waiting until this liberation happens where they'll no longer decay and will be brought into all of creation into a freedom and glory that is ushered in by the children of God being revealed. It's a big restoration plan. But when you hear it, to understand that God's intent is actually the restoration of the Garden of Eden. And what he's doing right now in his people who are in Christ is making us new to go into all of creation restored to be the ones who point and give glory to God. So one day there's a big restoration project, but right now... It's us, God's creation, who are in Christ, that are made new again, and we go out into this world with this glory being revealed as children of God, and it's pointing to this big future thing that all of creation is eagerly awaiting. And that's not just the plants and the trees. It's the people you're going to encounter at work tomorrow. It's the folks in the grocery store. All of them are sort of looking to us as we reveal God's glory. So it's crazy, right? As we carry Christ into 2021, we will be the ones who bring blessings as far as the curse is found. Now, that line, as far as the curse is found, is from a Christmas song, Joy to the World. But I learned just recently that Joy to the World was not written as a Christmas song. It was written by a guy named Isaac Watts, and it was a poem when he wrote it, and he was reflecting on what it would be like when Jesus not comes as a baby, but when Jesus would come again as the king. And guess what would happen? The earth would receive her king. And heaven and nature would sing. And fields and floods and rocks and hills and plains would repeat the sounding joy. And no more would sins. This is when Jesus comes back and, and, and restores. No more would sins and sorrows grow, but Jesus' blessings would flow as far as the curse is found. <laughs> Again, I know it's a lot. It's a grand vision that's being painted here all throughout the scriptures. We're just really looking at one brushstroke of the grand vision God has for us in all of creation. But I think it's the way to start this year. God makes all things new. Not he's just going to come make a bunch of new things. So today, what could we do? What if, uh, as we started this year, we repented, left some things behind, and leaned in to the new creation, the new creation that is found when we are in Jesus. Therefore, if anyone 
is in Christ. The new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. Let us worship together.